Hello, hello, and welcome back to the show. I am so excited that you all are joining me again for this brand new episode where I am bringing you yet another powerhouse, amazing, badass woman to share her knowledge and wisdom and passion with you. So today we are talking about the mindset and lifestyle habits it really takes to transform your body. And I know this is can be a very challenging thing for so many people. And so I thought I would bring on Christine Dunn, who is a IFBP, I, excuse me, IF, I knew I would mess that up, IFBP. I international fitness and bodybuilding pro, which is basically, if you guys are not familiar with bikini competition, it's basically like she won the NFL of bikini competitions, <laughs> <laughs> which is super badass and takes so much self-discipline and so many other things that she's going to share with us. Um. She has also was in sports for most of her life. She has a degree in exercise science. She is a certified yoga teacher. She has a real estate business and she's just overall like incredible in so many different ways. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here with you. So first of all, let's just talk about, let's dive into your, your story and really where all of this began? Like, how did you become interested in fitness? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, I've been asked that before, and I feel like it's just always been ingrained in me. I can't really pinpoint a specific moment in time when I started being interested in sports or athletics or anything. I, I can tell you when I decided I wasn't going to be a cheerleader. <laughs> and no offense to any cheerleaders out there, but in first grade, I did like one little season of like Pop Warner football cheerleading. And I was like, uh-uh, this is not for me. <laughs> um, and shortly after that, I started playing soccer and, and different things. So uh, I guess my my mom and dad were were pretty athletic. And so I guess I kind of pulled it from them. But just as I got older, I started just being, you know, gravitating more towards health, wellness learning about food and, and how does it affect your, your body in, in different ways, your mind, um, how it affects your hormones. And just, you know, mm -hmm. by the time I was in college, I was like, okay, this is what I'm studying, you know, exercise. Mm -hmm. So it just sort of is a natural progression. Yeah. It sounds like, yeah, you were just kind of born with that like natural pull to fitness and health. Yeah. I remember um, in college, we did this I took a nutrition class and they like scared me from eating cheese almost like ever again, because she's like one slice of cheese is, is like all your fat content for the day. Now I'm not saying that that's true at all, but I just, that's what I remember or that's what I thought she said. And so I went on this like two week kick where I started really restricting everything and paying attention to every single thing I put in my body. Mm -hmm. And when you're like, you know, early twenties doing something for two weeks, will really change like what your body looks like. And I remember mm -hmm. thinking, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I was like super shredded and like, you could see the, almost the striations in my muscles. And I'm like, wow, I need to keep studying this more. Um, in only two weeks now, now it takes me like two months to, for, <laughs> for the results like that. But it's really interesting how like little things, how, how somebody says something and you yeah. hear it and it probably isn't what they said at all but it's just what sticks that matters. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's also interesting too, like the things that people do say about health and fitness and how it can really either, you know, inspire somebody to do what you did and see a transformation or send send somebody on like the completely wrong path and where they just like, this isn't working. This isn't for me. There's no hope for me. Yeah, I think I, I think that's what's kind of scary about how many different people are out there saying what they think. I mean, there's all these different diets, right? But the reality is, is that any of them are going to work at least for a short period of time. Um, I'll use keto, for example, just because I know so many people and I overheard someone talking about it the other day. 
um, in one of those like kind of grocery store conversations where you just kind of hear it. And then you're like, what are they talking? What are they saying? And you want to get involved in the conversation, but it takes everything in you not to. Yeah. Um, and I, and again, I think there's a time and a place for keto, but if you're taking out one entire macronutrient group, if there's only three, we're really four, if you add water, if there's only three carbohydrates, fats, and proteins, and you're taking out an entire carbohydrate, like as, as one of your macronutrients, how is your, gonna, how is your body going to function long-term? Yeah. And you're just never going to eat a carb again. No, that's why so many people lose weight really quick. And then they come back to it and they gain all the weight plus some back because it was just not realistic. And if you're drinking, you can't be keto. And if you're not right. peeing on strips every day, then you're not doing it, really doing it. So what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that you, especially with social media, I'm sure you see so many things that people are saying on there and you're just like, oh my gosh, are you guys serious? Yeah. But you just have to, I mean, it's like anything else. If you want to find something to support something you believe in, you're going to find it. And mm -hmm. wherever you find it, that's where you're going to put your eggs in that basket. And you're going to start following and listening to that person until one day you wake up and you're like, Ugh, why do it? This isn't working at all. And then yeah. maybe you'll be open enough to hear it from someone else who is a little more balanced. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I, I really appreciate appreciate about you that is different from a lot of people out there who are, you know, sharing their fitness journey or even, you know, labeling themselves as a fitness coach or a personal trainer or whatever is that, you know, there's a difference between fitness and health. And a lot of people, they think that fitness also means health. And while, you know, a lot of these fitness people, they may have the aesthetics but they're still like shoving crap in their body. They're doing these diets that are incredibly harmful for like their hormones and long-term health. And it's like, it's so misleading for people. And I know that for you, it's not about that. It's about like, yes, I want to transform my physical appearance, but also I want to do it in a way that's actually healthy for me. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's so many interesting things about competing in general, right? Um, it's an extreme sport. So you have to do extreme things to look that way. And so I definitely don't want to take anything away from um, people who, I mean, you you do have to take it to an extreme to get yeah. to, to look in that way, right? Um, but, every, but I don't think that they talk enough about the mental health that goes along with that and what it looks like to come out of it. Right. And so mm -hmm. I was really fortunate that I had a coach who really cared about my mental wellness. He cared about my physical body health, um, my hormone health and all of those things. And because of that, I was able to compete for six or seven years. Um, maybe even eight, I don't know, 2000. Oh gosh. Yeah. Probably about eight years. I was able to compete. Um, without ever having lost my menstrual cycle. And I don't know a whole lot of athletes that can say that, uh, when you're pinching on a caliber, which a caliber is not the end all be all, and it's not super accurate, but if that's your way of measuring your success, um, then that's just like the one thing that I, that we used with my coach, cause he happened to be local, which again, is not something normal in that sport. Um, I, he, he was just very, into that. And when you do it in a really low, it's almost like a low and slow summer, then mm -hmm. you can do it in a healthy way, but it still only can be for a short time. Right. Because as females, we're not supposed to be pinching books, you know, sub four on a caliber. Like we're supposed to have body fat. We can't, we can't, we're, we're built to bear children. Right. So you can't, you wouldn't even be able to bear a child or, or carry one if you didn't have enough body fat on you mm -hmm. to do that. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. And we were able to kind of do that through different supplements, herbal supplements, but then also just by eating and, and carb cycling and, and doing all the things that there's a lot of really great coaches out there teaching. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is, yeah. What makes your experience unique. And there's like so much, yeah. again, that, that mental factor that you're talking about, yeah. um, that's so incredibly important, um, not just for like the short term, but the long term. Yeah. I mean, you can, you, anybody can do anything for a day, two days a week. Right. But if you're looking at a 20 week prep and you're saying like, look, I don't know about you, but look, we can just use this an example as an example. 
I could give two craps about donuts in my daily life. Like I don't really right. love donuts. I don't get really super excited about them. But if someone tells me I can't have a donut, that's the only thing I want. <laughs> yeah. It's not even about like if I love the donut. It's just the fact that someone said I couldn't have it that I want it. Yeah. And I think that's why so many diets don't work because of the way that our our brains are wired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's like we our brain can only then focus on the thing that we can't have and it's right. like it's a, it's like an obsession and it's really easy to watch yourself go from like a normal person to shreddy betty right because people are saying oh my gosh you look amazing and they're mm-hmm. saying things to you that maybe you didn't have that type of attention before and so now you're like getting a little bit more attention and then in the gym. And then if you're driving your Jeep, cause I have a cool Jeep. If I was like driving my Jeep, people like people would look at you like different and they look at you different because you have a different discipline mm-hmm. and because you're eating so clean, you have a different vibe. Like you're mm-hmm. literally vibrating at a different frequency. So mm-hmm. people are attracted to that too. Right. And there's just so many things that are happening and changing that when you start to go back the opposite direction, to be mm-hmm. normal again, or to look normal again, and you, you're not getting as much of the attention or people are like, Oh, when are you going to compete again? Or, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it can be really challenging to keep your headspace in the right place. I think that a lot of people, um, you know, I've heard people say bodybuilding blues right after a show, when you don't have, when you don't know when your next show is going to be Um, it's almost like kind of a depression, right? And some people get really sucked into it. Um, I was really fortunate not to, because I had a pretty strong mindset going into it. And I read a ton of personal development books and things to specifically keep my mind Mm -hmm. in a healthy place. Um, but the bodybuilding blues part of it, they say is because you don't know when your next show is, but I think it's because you're starting to eat normal again, or you're starting to eat crap again that you didn't normally eat for that whole 20 mm-hmm. weeks. And so now your vibe is coming back down to like a normal, we'll call it earthly vibe of <laughs> the majority yeah. of the public. Right. And so now you're like, you're not flying on cloud nine anymore. You're just back to the normal person. And now there's nothing mm-hmm. separating you from Joe blow down the street. Yeah. And that's, that's a so- weird feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never really thought about that. Obviously I've, I've not competed in something like that. Um, that's so like transformational to your body. Yeah. I can imagine just like the difference in, yeah, the attention. I mean, come on, we all love attention when it comes to like the things that we've achieved and accomplished and yeah. conquered. Um, and also the thing that is, important to talk about too is like the different vibrations and frequency of foods and I think that that's not common knowledge so can you talk a little bit more about what you mean by that for people who maybe are listening and they're like what the hell is she talking about (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know it's interesting um it's something that I haven't like studied you know a whole lot about if I'm being honest and it's just been my own experience through competing and then you know, going into my off season several different times over the years. And I was like, why do I feel so different when I'm super lean? And I thought, okay, well, the only thing that's changing is how I'm feeling my body, the things that I'm putting into my body during on off season versus season. Cause I never really stopped moving my body. I'm always reading personal development and doing all of those things. So the, really the only thing that changes on and off season is I get a little looser with my food choices. I mean, it's life. We're on this earth for how many years? Like, it's not like I'm going to sit here and tell you I'm never going to eat an Oreo again. That would be crazy, right? I love dark chocolate Oreos. So um, I think what I realized was that it was food. And then it makes so much sense because if you're eating things that are super clean, they're going to have a higher vibrational frequency. Like energy can't be created and it can't be destroyed it can only be transferred. And so your energy, I'm energy, this glass of water is energy, right? There's all different kinds of things. You can speak, there's a whole study that you can look at. It's the rice study. Have you seen that where you speak words over like Mm. say nasty things to the rice and it turned black Mm -hmm. and then the other rice is fine. 
it's the kind of the same thing with food, but it comes from the earth. So like fruits and vegetables and all those things, they come from the earth. And if you're eating like a, a higher quality lean fish or a higher quality lean meat, all of those things are going to have a higher frequency. They're going to have their own energy, right? Versus mm -hmm. that's naturally going to vibrate higher because it's of the earth. Whereas my Oreos, as much as I love them, they are processed. They're not yeah. going to carry the same frequency. But having said that, there is a reason that people bless food. And, and this is something that I thought was really interesting too. Again, I haven't really studied it, but I've created this in my own mind. And I think that it's helpful. If you are eating something saying, I shouldn't eat this, mm. you're automatically lowering the frequency of that food mm. and the way that it's going to affect your body once inside of you versus, oh my gosh, I love dark chocolate Oreos. And this is going to be so good. Thank mm -hmm. you for this Oreo. You're changing the frequency by blessing it. It's already, already going to be at a higher frequency than when just pulling it out of the package. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And it's like when you, when it is in the higher frequency, it's also going to be processed and absorbed through your body and metabolized in a healthier, yes. easier way. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. It's also like the same kind of situation when people are working out and it's like, they're, they're doing it because they hate their body. And it's like, Oh, I have to go to the gym. And Oh my gosh, like this isn't even working. What's the point in me doing this? And if you have that mindset, that intention really behind anything that you're doing, then you're recreating that result. And so, yeah, I think that's really interesting about the food thing too. I've never really thought of it like that. Yeah. It's you, you come up with all kinds of, when you're, when you're, your when your head is clear you can think so much differently about things like that mm -hmm. but if you're constantly eating processed foods all the time which is a whole nother thing like I wouldn't even know that there was a different way to feel or live right if I hadn't eliminated enough of those things to have experienced that for myself mm -hmm. and I think that's why so many people fail at living a healthy life because they don't have the discipline to, to remove something long enough to, to feel different. Yeah. yeah. Because the reality is, is that bodybuilding is only maybe 20% workouts. The mm -hmm. other 80% of it is the food. That's why they say abs are made in the kitchen, which never made sense to me. I'm like, how do you make abs in the kitchen? That makes no sense. It has nothing to do with that, actually. It's just, what are you making in the kitchen that you're fueling your body with? on whether or not we're going to have the abs. Yeah. And I think that's the part too, that people have the hardest time with, you know, like knowing what to eat, knowing what not to eat, knowing when to eat, knowing, you know, what really works for their body, because I know we've had conversations about this in the past where it's like every body is different and mm -hmm. we can't apply one specific diet or one way of eating to one person and then somebody sees something, you know, on social media or their friends doing it and it's working for them. And then they try it. It doesn't work for them. And it's like, again, it's just so personalized. It is, but there are a lot of general things that are true. I mean, for instance, if you are a keto person, if you're listening to this as a keto person, you're saying, well, keto works for me. Great. Keto doesn't work for me because my body actually likes carbohydrates not because I'm saying carbohydrates are, are the, the queen of whatever, but like if, if I put myself next to a girl that I used to compete with, she did better on keto and I had to have carbs. Like, so I never went where like through any of my bodybuilding experiences where I was not having carbs in my diet. Like even if it was only 10 carbs per meal, I still had it. And why are carbs so important? Carbs are important because they actually help, um, in addition to everything, but specifically carbs, because I feel like it's easy to talk about carbs because I think a lot of people, that's always the first thing they want to cut, right? They're like, it seems like, oh, well, I'm just not going to eat carbs because I don't know why, I guess, because that's just what everyone has been kind of taught. Everything's low fat, low carb, low this, low that, right? But if it's low fat, low carb, whatever, then look at the, the actual package. Cause then it probably has a whole bunch of other stuff. It wouldn't have had otherwise, cause you still have to make it taste good. Mm -hmm. Right. So for me with the carbs, like they actually, um, your leptin levels, that's, that's part of your hormones. 
you can't, if, if your body is not getting what it needs for its hormones to have this like hormone dance and regulate the hormones, then you're going to hold weight here or there or wherever you're holding it. But it's a, because if your hormones aren't happy, then you are probably going to be a little heavier. Inflammation also comes from a lot of these processed foods that makes us hold on to weight and water and other things that we might not hold on to if we didn't eat so much of it. And it doesn't mean that you can't have things. It just means like, maybe that's not in your every day. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. So is there anything that you wish you would have known like at the beginning of your competing journey? Anything I wish I would have known. Or maybe is, is there anything that you would tell someone who is starting that journey and they're like, they're just jumping in, they don't really know. Is there like one thing that you would tell them about that journey? <laughs> I would say find a good coach, you know, find a good coach that you can actually talk to um, about how you're feeling on certain days too, right? Because it's not just about a cookie cutter diet. I mean, they, you should be meeting whoever you decide to work with should be, um, encouraging you, not like shutting you down saying, well, this is what you have to do. Like, yeah, you do have to put forth different effort and everyone's starting at a different place. Um, because I've always been athletic, you know, my 20 week, 20 week coast of a, a of a prep, I say coast because it wasn't as hard. I know as some other people's preps, I just have naturally, I, I have a lot of things working for me, um, that not everybody does, but I think if you're, you're doing multiple hours of cardio every day and you're eating less than a thousand cal calories, you know, 10 weeks out from a show, red flag, <laughs> red flag. If you can't function during the day for your job and you're prepping for the show, like red flag, there's, it's not supposed to be um, an experience that's miserable. I think that I'd like people to hear that because if you're doing this and you're complaining all the time about it, why are you doing it then? Mm -hmm. It's like, is that, are you doing it for attention? Cause that's the only reason that mm -hmm. I can understand for me when I did it, it had nothing to do with attention. Um, it was like this weird inner thing inside of my soul that was like, you have to do this. And I just thought it was going to be a one-time thing to check it off my bucket list but I loved it so much that I, I wanted to have a coach. And then that's when I sought somebody out. But I think your coach is, is your biggest asset or your biggest detriment because I've seen some girls really end up with a lot of um, hormonal issues and imbalances. Um, it can it can really screw up your, uh, your thyroid. I mean, there's a lot of negative things that can come from not having a great coach. So I would just say, do your research and find somebody that you really can speak with and that has experience maybe as a pro themselves, but also that isn't giving you a cookie cutter experience because it's not a cookie cutter experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the case too, with like really anything that you're going after that requires you to like become a new person, you know, yeah. have new habits and self-discipline. Um, and that is definitely something that requires tremendous self-discipline, I'm sure. It is. Um, but it's interesting because I, I'd be, I would actually be interested in, in talking to other athletes to seeing their perspective on where does their discipline come from? Because we can all have discipline in, in some things, right? Like, mm -hmm. Um, even now I'm not competing. So my discipline is not in my food necessarily, <laughs> my food choices. Um, but it is in the fact that I still got up at four o'clock every morning and I still read and I still have my workouts and, you know, like there are just dis different disciplines. And I think if you can acknowledge yourself and, and, and give yourself credit for the disciplines that you do have, then they will start to overflow into the areas that maybe you wish you had more discipline in. Mm. Mm -hmm. because I got that I used to get that a lot oh I wish I was that disciplined and it's like well first of all comparison is the thief of all joy so let's just go ahead and cut that right out like yeah <laughs> just take that right out put it out the window right you don't ever want to compare yourself to somebody because we're all wonderfully and beautifully made in our own ways and we're yeah. not supposed to be the same we're not supposed to look the same we're not supposed to act or talk the same or do the same things 
Um, so I think that's another thing, like, especially in this world, it's so easy to get sucked into that. Like, oh, I wish I wish it's like, no, Mm -hmm. that's amazing for her. And I'm so happy for her, but I bet she doesn't have this, you know, and maybe it's that you, you know, can do a backflip standing. I don't know, but you know, we all have (laughs) something really special about us and you just, I think it's easy to get caught up in other people's stuff when it looks cool, but we all have something cool. For sure. Yeah. That comparison thing is, it can really, really feel your joy and your, your movement towards the things that you're actually meant for and really seeing your own gifts and uniqueness. Yeah, I agree. So do you feel like, I know that for a lot of girls growing up, we receive a lot of messages from the media, from society, from our peers about our physical appearance and how that is often tied to our self-worth and all kinds of other things, our self-esteem. Can you talk a little bit about like, did that impact you in any way in terms of um, your health and fitness journey? Was it completely separate? How were you able to like work through that if that was something that that happened? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I would say I have a little bit more of those things now as a, as an older, um, person, believe it or not, uh, older person. Um, that's funny <laughs> to hear me say that. Like, I'm so old. Um, it's so silly. No, you know, honestly, as a kid, I don't really remember anything sticking out that made me feel like insecure or made me think of something. Um, funny mm-hmm. enough, I actually, be- I think because I was always, um, I was kind of a real string bean when I was like little, little. And then as I started to get older, I sort of fill out a little bit and I always wanted to be like a reef model. I don't know if anybody knows what a that what? is, but a reef model or like a Hawaiian tropics model, which basically they were butt models. <laughs> and I always had this thing um, that I wanted that. And I had uh, a little bubble butt when I was younger and I, I wore a thong when I was 15, 16 years old. I never had a confidence issue when it came to those types of things. My parents were supportive, believe it or not. I know it sounds weird maybe saying Um, but if I, if it wasn't something I could wear in front of my family, I wouldn't, it wasn't something that I would wear in public type of thing. And so my family was just kind of like, yeah, you know, if you got it, flaunt it now, we don't, you don't know when you get older, you might not have it anymore. Like do your thing. And I was like, cool. Um, but I was still pretty modest. If you can believe that, how can you be one and, and still be the other? Um, and then with bodybuilding kind of took it to the next level, uh, which was interesting to see yourself even go, um, further beyond that. And I think if anything, I'm more aware now of other people and their own insecurities. And sometimes I take those on because it's a weird feeling when you don't have that and other people do, and then you feel like you should. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. So but it's also a part of bodybuilding and, and part of my journey of having to keep my mind right after having seen myself super ripped with zero body fat and then having to be still excited to put on a bathing suit around mm-hmm. people after they've seen me one way. I think that they think I should still be that way, even though it's impossible. Wow. So it's like still that, like that, there's part of like that inner voice that's like, you should still look this way. People yeah. expect you to look this way. What are they going to think of you now? Because you don't look that way. Yeah. I mean, the thoughts are there. I don't let them, you know, cripple me or anything, but they're there. Most of the time I'm like, dude, shut up. <laughs> we're not doing this today. We're putting this bathing suit on and we're going right. Or we're wearing this outfit and no one cares because the reality is, is that no one cares about you as much as you care about you. Yeah. And no one's looking at you as much as you're looking at you yeah we're all thinking about ourselves and worrying about our own insecurities mm-hmm. meanwhile thinking everybody else is also looking at us but they're definitely not no not at all <laughs> so crazy how the mind works that way it really is so 
going from, and I know that you guys who are listening, if you don't know what Christine looks like, and again, this is not about what she looks like. This is more about, you know, the mindset and the self-discipline and all of these things that she's practiced and learned to, uh, you know, be in um, the bikini competitions. But um, where was I going with that? Just completely lost my thought. I don't know. You were telling them about what I look like, maybe? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's just so interesting to hear you say that, because when I look at you, like, you're incredibly fit, even now that you're not competing. And, you know, you just, you look healthy, you look strong. And we always think that, you know, somebody who looks a certain way doesn't have insecurities or, like, confidence issues or that those thoughts in your head. And it's like, it's so completely wrong because here you are with what I think is a banging body and incredibly fit. And you're like, you know, I still have these, these voices that are kind of like basically talking shit to me. 100% those voices talk shit to me almost every single day. Um, some days they're louder than others. Some days they say meaner things than others. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I think if anyone says they don't have something, some voice at some point saying something, they're lying. <laughs> and yeah. if they, and if you're listening right now and you don't have any voices, please, please find a way to get in touch with me because I want to know you. Um, what are you doing? <laughs> right. Uh, but it's okay. I, I think that I honestly almost just wish more people would talk about it. Um, and just say like, Hey, I'm confident in who I am, regardless of what my thoughts are in my head, right? Mm -hmm. There'd be no way that I could teach a yoga class. You know, there'd be no way that we could do half of the things that we've done as, as empowering, powerful women. If we listen to every voice, I think the, the, the message here really is to know that those voices can be there and you can still have the life that you want and you can still look the way that you want and you can still do the things that you want to do as long as you're not letting them cripple you. And and if they are, what do you do? Right? Yeah. How yeah. do you get past that? And for me, that's moving my body somehow, right? I mean, exercise for me is just meditation in motion. It's not about, oh, I ate this. So I have to, I have to do this today. Mm-hmm. It's not like that at all. So I actually was traveling for 10 days. And um, when I came back last week, I weighed myself on Monday. And if you're cringing right now, I cringed before I got on the scale thinking this is a terrible idea because you get back from vacation, you're going to be inflamed. You're going to be carrying weight extra, but I did it anyway, just to see. Um, And I'm at a place in my mind that I felt confident that no matter what was there, I wasn't going to freak out. And when you go into it with that, you really can do it without freaking out. I did. I weighed myself and I was about four pounds more than usual. And, um, interestingly enough, I did not go to the gym that morning because I didn't feel like it. I don't usually lead by feelings, but I just was like, eh, whatever. I drank extra water and I ate fruit, like basically ate fruit all day as like a, to flush my system and literally lost three pounds overnight. I wasn't torturing myself. I didn't not eat something that I wanted to eat. It was just in that moment my body was craving fruit, probably because I was dehydrated from some of the choices that I made over my trip, (laughs) right? Because life we're living. Um, but it's, it's interesting. Like it's only a number, it's a scale, like it's, it's label. It's a, whatever it's like, stop. Mm -hmm. Just listen to what your body is telling you. But most of us don't stop long enough to hear what our bodies say, because we don't even know that our bodies speak. Yeah. Yeah. We're so busy in our head, like being controlled by those voices and other yeah. people's voices that, yeah, you're right. It's just pretty common to be completely disconnected from, from our body. Yeah. That's one thing. Um, or one of the many things I feel like I got through your coaching actually was just to slow down and be more present. And, and what is my body saying? Mm. You know, I learned some of that on my own through competing because it is an isolating sport and you don't have that many people usually that you're around when you're doing that. Um, I did, but I was fortunate to have that, but a lot of people don't. And so I think that you kind of get a little bit, you, 
it more into your body. But I think that's something that's really special. If you can have a coach or anyone in your life that can teach you how to be more present in your body, to hear your body, to hear your inner voice, there is an inner voice that is not so critical. Yeah. And when you can find that, I mean, that is next level. That is next level. And not only find it, but listen to it. Yes. Which is even harder. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) this journey for me is what we're over a year, probably since I did my coaching with you and I'm still fighting what my inner voice says and asks of me, but I'm also taking some of those, um, some of those steps slowly in the right direction. It's just, it's not always as fast as those around us. It's easy to see others from a different perspective than, than we see ourselves. So, yeah. Do you want to share what that inner voice is telling you or? Uh, You know, if I had it in, um, if I had it in words to share that felt truly authentic, I would, I'm not quite (laughs) there yet. I am. I feel like I'm right on the edge of it. I think I'm very close and I'm really excited to see how everything plays out. I think this is going to be a a really big year for me um, personally. Uh, Personal growth is just going to be off the charts, I think. And so we'll, we'll, I don't think I'm going to be the same person at the end of this year. But having said that, if you are the same person at the end of the year as you were when you started the year, you're doing something wrong anyway. Mm. Right? Because the only thing constant in life is change. And if you're fighting it, that's why you're miserable. Yeah. Fighting that inner voice is complete misery. Yeah. And I think that for people, you know, like us who are high achievers and we want to move quickly and we want results fast because, you know, in a lot of cases, we've been able to pull that shit off. But (laughs) totally. When it comes to other things, it's like you you can't speed it up. It's like you you have to really like trust and honor the process of that unfolding. And it's like it's so hard to to continue to believe in that like that inner voice that's like calling you to do something, change yeah. something, because it's like we're so used to that quick that quick thing and and picking up things quickly and getting results quickly. So yeah, it's like, you you almost have to be, yeah, you have to be like devoted to this inner voice that's like, your mind is like, what the fuck? Are you serious? That's what you want me to do? It's a full-time job. It's a full-time job. And I feel like the crazier it seems, the more likely that's what you're supposed to be doing, (laughs) (laughs) which is really hard. And I think the biggest thing for me, and I think I I think maybe for you a long time ago, because I think in this aspect, you're, you're, um, it's really inspiring, but for me, I'm, I'm a control freak type a person. Like, like you said, I want to control it. I can, I, but there was a lot of things that I could control in bodybuilding that I couldn't control in real estate. So it worked really well for me. So when I was growing my real estate business, it was kind of right when I got into bodybuilding And what was such a beautiful thing was that I could control 100% of my bodybuilding life, but I could not control everything in real estate. I couldn't control the buyers, the sellers, the market, the lenders, the inspectors. There was nothing about real estate that I can control, but I could 100% control what I put in my mouth and the choices Mm -hmm. that I made each day. And so that discipline gave me the discipline in my real estate business to grow. And because it was a constant, I was okay with all these other crazy things were out there floating. Yeah. If that makes any sense. So when you have full control and then you're supposed to relinquish control because we're human beings, not human doings, but I'm a type A doer. Give me the list. I'm going to check. I'll knock it out in 30 seconds. Right. The being is the hardest part because when you stop and all the TVs are off and the music is off and there's no sound around you. then what's happening? You're probably anxious. What I'm supposed to be doing something. I'm supposed to be doing like this, 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 this can't be it. But then the discipline, then it's almost like you have to find the discipline just to be Mm. and not do. 
Yeah. And that's a whole nother, <laughs> that's probably a whole nother yeah. podcast. <laughs> it really is. And I really resonate with that. I have, oh my gosh, just, I have, I have struggled with like being okay with not having 5 million things to do. Like, of course I can find, you know, as a, like owning a business, building a business, like it, oh, it yeah. never ends. Yeah. But also in order to do this work, like you do have to create that space to be, and it's so hard. Like nobody ever really talks to you about how difficult that is to actually rest, to actually yeah. just be with yourself, to be yeah. in this like space of like the void where you don't have control over certain results in a business. Yeah. You don't, you, you know, you can't control what other people do. It's like, it really just takes you to this other level of like, what the fuck? It's so true. It's so true. And I think that that's, it's almost an addiction in itself. Once you kind of get into it, because you can't figure it out. You can't control it. You can't speed it up. You can't yep. slow it down once it starts going. I mean, yep. literally <laughs> the only thing you can do is embrace it and harness it and, and dive all in, but you can't dive in if you don't slow down long enough to know what you're diving into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for me, like the phases of business where I haven't slowed down, I have spun so far out of alignment and like disconnected from myself. And when I finally stop, I'm like, what was I even doing? That is not me. That is not, where did I even get that from? It's like almost watching another person. Yeah. And well, that's so interesting. How, so how did you, I mean, you came from a high powered, like nurse practitioner, like mm -hmm. in a world where you could control a lot of things. Right. But then mm -hmm. also you had a lot of lack of control based on some things that you could and couldn't do based on how you wanted to, to practice something. Right. Yeah. But now you're running your own business that has really nothing to do with that. It's, it's even more spectacular as far as I'm concerned, because you weren't necessarily trained by someone. These are your natural gifts that you've embraced. How did you get there? Everybody wants to know. I honestly, I sometimes when I actually do stop and like look at the things that I've done and created, I I don't even have an answer. I'm like, how? And and honestly, I, I'm not great at like acknowledging myself. And that's something I always have to practice. But I stop and I'm like, wait, I did this? I created this? Is this real? Did I really do this? And it's like, it's this the weird like, experience that it feels surreal and it still feels like wait what am I doing wait like did this really happen so it's like I've heard people in the past say things like you're not going to know how you did it until you get there and I think that's so true because you just you just push forward you just you stay devoted to something that like pulls at you, you know, it's like this invisible thing that has always just pulled at me. And I just follow that. And sometimes I get completely off path and really out of alignment and like just disconnected from myself. And then it's always about coming back to like, okay, what is this actually about? And who am I? What do I really stand for? You know, coming back to that why and that mission and those personal values. And, you know, honestly, I don't think I'm there yet, which I know, like, we, we never really think that, but, right. um, yeah, it's just, I'm sure the same thing with like, you know, bodybuilding and getting to like, you don't really know how you get there. You just keep following that, that pool and that desire and that, that like unspeakable, like thing that you just feel. Yeah. I was looking to see if I can find it and I probably can't. So I'm not going to waste any time on it. But what you said there was so profound that you're not, you're not even really there. And I think that anytime we think we've arrived, it's, it's the ego then, right? It's the mm -hmm. ego. And then, you know, you're really lost still. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think as long as we are always 
understanding and knowing that this is just a journey and that it's not about the destination. It really is the experience um, of this life that we get to, to live. We don't have to, we get to. This life is a gift. Anything we get to do is a gift. Anything we have to do is a chore, right? But we get to live this life. We get to have this and create this experience. But I don't think a lot of people understand that we actually get to decide what our experience is. Yeah. And that's a scary thing too. And I think that's part of why we're in this crazy world, all looking at each other, like, how is this happening? But I don't know about you guys, if you think back on like the rap songs we were singing like 20 years ago, Look, go listen to those lyrics. That's pretty much the world we're living in right now. It's a little chaotic. <laughs> Wait, which which ones are you referring to specifically? Oh my gosh, I don't know. I'll have to find them. And then when you post this, I'll like put a comment with whatever the songs are. I'll have to find a few. But like most of them were like, you know, big pimping and spending cheese, right? And like hoes and freaking yep. F this and F the popo and like all this stuff. And then look at this, like- words matter. There's so much power behind our words, our thoughts, our intentions. Um, mm. And yet I don't, I just, I think that we're all so disempowered and, and there's so many things that we could be learning and, and teaching each other, but the ego just doesn't allow it. Mm-mm. It's truly the, one of the biggest blocks. And again, it's like, we don't have the the self-awareness or the consciousness we can't even don't even know we have an ego like there's so many people walking around this world that are there there was like a statistic or something that was done that somebody told me about recently that it's like some percentage of people don't even have awareness of their inner like the inner narrative in their head and it was like profound the number and I'm just like how how is that how is that possible but like we're just living in a place of like unconsciousness and like all of these things that really program us to continue to be asleep and disconnected from ourselves and our power. What could, what could we ask the the listeners? Like, what could we ask them right now to, if, if, if they're thinking, well, I don't know if I, if I'm being led by my ego, like, how do I know? Like what, how would they know if they're leading with ego? Yeah. Um, I think that, leading with ego you continually feel a dissatisfaction in your life and it really runs you it's like there's you're not being pulled by anything that is really like meaningful or joyful and you constantly feel like oh my gosh I have to do this I should do this and you're not you're not really like in your own body you're not really like living your life for you you're just living it based off well I need to do this because so and so says this this is what I should do or I need to do this because this is what a responsible adult does and it's like you you just live every day with this like feeling of like gosh like this is not this is not how I want to feel missing yeah but then I think I think we're so good at numbing that feeling you know, with TV and work and shopping and sex and drugs and eating. And um, so it's like, if, if you have these like addictions or these habits that are so harmful to you that you just cannot break, then there's a very good chance that you are not actually living your authentic life. And you're using that as a way to numb yourself and you're living primarily from your ego. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really interesting how you said if you're not being pulled from something outside of you that you can't explain, explain. Like for me, that was competing. I cannot explain to you how I could do that for almost eight years and love every second of it. Like not one time can I think back and and think like, oh my gosh, it was so awful. I was never the competitor that like complained about any piece of it. I just loved it. And it was something inside me that was like, I have to do this. And even though um, there was, a lot, I guess you could say there were accolades that came with it right now. I have a title of of being a professional athlete. Like those things are all amazing, but that's not actually why I did it. And the experiences are what made it all worth it. Um, the things that I learned about myself, the things that I learned about other people, the connection to myself that I found through the sport was 
was what for me is what broke the ego down. Uh, if I'm being honest, I think it took me so long to go pro because I was leading with ego. And had I gone pro when I thought I should have, um, it would have been a different experience and it wouldn't, it wouldn't have meant the same. Mm. When you're shooting all over yourself, excuse me, when you're shooting all over yourself, you said that several times. Well, when you feel like you should do this because someone said, and you should do that. I think that's a really powerful connection that I didn't make that when you, when, when you should do something, that's almost got to be connected to ego, right? Because when you get to do something and you're choosing to do it, not because you have to, because there's something inside of you that maybe you can't put words to yet. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. That yeah. that's something inside that you're just not really sure what it is. That's what we want you to dig deeper at. That's what we yes. want. You to- yes. And it takes so much courage to follow that. Something that you just said is really profound too, is that you didn't go pro because you think you didn't go pro faster or sooner because you were being led by your ego. And that is so like important to know on any journey that if Mm -hmm. you like, you have to become a, like a type of person, you have to become a version of yourself that, that can become pro or can become successful or whatever the thing is. And it's like, we all want to fast track that, that journey and that process of like becoming more of ourselves, coming home to ourselves, coming home to our heart, coming home to our soul, coming home to our faith. And the more that we like push and we're like, oh my gosh, why am I not there yet? Why am I not? Why do I have this result yet? Like we're resisting our own growth and like, that's literally what happened what you're saying like you had to go through those phases to really meet yourself to really meet your ego and then finally you know that took as long as it took and then finally you were able to like advance to the next level and you know ultimately become this other person yeah yeah but I had to acknowledge that first and I had to to do it for the right reasons and I think that's where it just comes back to like the simple things of like karma's real like, yeah, karma's a bitch. So like, you know, like doing things like being a good person and and living in a way and sharing what you're doing and how you're doing it and just doing it, not for the result, but for the the experience Mm -hmm. and and the journey along the way. Um, the day that was it the day that I went, that I went pro there were so many things against me that morning and um, the old me would have gone absolutely crazy. Like something as simple as I got to my, I was walking. I don't know if anyone's, I'll, I'll share this really quick. I know we're like hitting right at an hour here. Um, I had this experience where I, it was, I was going to get my hair and my makeup done for this national show. And I've done my hair and makeup with the same makeup artist. I, I, she's amazing. I love her. She's just so good. We always have great conversation. And as I'm walking down the path, I get this little nudge that says, ask them if they need a ride. And I'm already like, you know, not as on time as I'd like to be. I'm not going to be late, but I'm like, not going to be 10 minutes early either. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not asking anybody anything. I don't even know who these girls are. And I get, and, and, and I'm like having this argument in my head. And I said, no. And I just kind of shook it off. I keep walking and I get the nudge again. And I'm like, son of a, and before I could like cuss the voice, I was like, do you guys need a ride? And they were like, oh no, no, we're good. I was like, are you going to hair and makeup? And they kind of looked at me like, how did you know? Because this is off of like in another location. I just knew. And long story short of it, they said no. And I was like instant relieved but I walked up into, into the parking garage to get to my car. And when I come down out of the parking garage or at the bottom and they're like, Hey, 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 can we get that ride? And I'm like, son of a, oh, damn it. <laughs> so I take her and it turns out it's the girl that's supposed to be in front of me. And old me would have been like, well, fuck that. No, you're not like, you can go after me now because it's, you know, it's my turn and it's my, my appointments right now. And instead um, I walk in and the hair and makeup artist, she looked at me and she's like, 
I can do you first. Like it's no problem. She's late. So she can wait. And I said, no, it's fine. I have some computer work to do. I put my feet up. I work on my computer. Next thing you know, I'm just like, not, not getting crazy about it. She gets her hair and makeup done. She leaves. And all that to say, like later on, one of the girls ended up knowing my coach. It was this whole big thing, but I would have lost my mind in pre in like pre previous me would have lost my mind in that situation and been like, no, you're going to wait. Like I'm doing it. But I thought, Hey, everything happens as it should. It's going to be fine. I'm not going to freak out. This is the best body I've ever brought. If I start freaking out right now, my hormone levels are going to freak out. My body's not going to look the way it should. Everything's cool. And you know what? It was, I couldn't control that she was late. I couldn't control that, you know, whatever, but I believe that that was part of my journey. And if I wouldn't have made maybe those decisions, I might not have gone pro that morning. Mm. You know, it's like almost like there's these little tests along the way in life. Like, okay, did you learn this lesson yet? Or did you not? And if you did, girl, we're loving it up. Going to the next level. Let's go. And if you didn't, it's like, all right, Christine, we got to go back to the drawing board. We still got to figure this one out. (laughs) you know? Yeah. And it's so frustrating Um, too, you know, and it's because we do want to get to that next level, but you're right. It's like, and that's how we know too, you know, that we haven't, there's something we have to learn. Like when we keep repeating a pattern and being brought back to the same situation, it's like, what the fuck am I missing here? (laughs) Right. Well, I figured it out and it was like, okay, well, I don't have to be in control of everything. And sometimes things just happen as they should. And actually, no, it's not sometimes it's always things happen as they should. And I think if, if we, if the more we relinquish control, the more miracles we see and the more miracles that can happen Mm -hmm. because we're not holding on to something so tightly that it can't be different. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Good stuff. (laughs) So what would you say to people who are listening and they're like, you know, they're on that journey of like wanting to transform their body, wanting to feel better, wanting to have the energy, the, you know, raise their vibration. And they're just like trying all these different things and they, they just don't really know what to do. Like, what would you, first thing is like, what is a, like a, a mindset shift that you would suggest for them? I think the first thing, the first biggest mindset is that you don't have to do anything. And I said this earlier, you don't have to do anything. If you have to do it, it's a chore, right? Mm. You get to make choices that will make you feel better, sleep better, look better, act better. Like you get to do it. That's a gift. So if Mm. you get to wake up at four o'clock every morning and read, if you get to wake up five minutes earlier than your kids so that you can journal out whatever you stagnant energy from the day before. If you get to move your body, if you get to have a salad today instead of a cheeseburger from Burger King, like Mm. you get to make those choices. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like, that's what I want people to understand is that nobody has to do any of this, right? But if you wanna get to a next level, you do have to make changes, but you get to make them. You don't have to make them. And when you just have that little, that little tweak in mindset, that's the biggest game changer. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Keep it simple. You know, if you want something different, you have to make a change because change is the only thing that's constant. Yeah. We get to work out. We get to have good sleep habits. We get to choose better foods. We get, we get to get sunlight. Like it it really is. It's such a different vibration when you say that and you actually feel it. Yeah. And you get to make better when you're making those food choices. It's not because you hate your body either. Right. It's because you genuinely want to feel better or look better or do better. And what better means is only up to you, right? Because it's you versus you. It's not you versus anyone else. And I think that's really what my journey of bodybuilding taught me was it was me versus me. It was never about anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's huge right there. (laughs) Yeah. That is like, that's it. It's crazy. 
and sharing your story along the way. Like no one's doing this alone. You guys, that's the problem is everyone thinks that we're supposed to be doing and figuring all this stuff out alone. That's mm-hmm. not what we were created to be. We're human beings and we're supposed to be doing life together, not at home by ourselves, like in a corner, watching other people do it better than we are on our phones. Mm -hmm. You know, I think if anyone's listening and you're looking at social media, feeling disempowered every time, then get off social media and start getting around other people in your area that are, that are trying to do the same things as you. Like I had a coach for bodybuilding because I didn't know what I was doing. Find a coach, find a friend. I think there's like statistics that say, if you do things with people, your success rate is like way higher. So if you think that you don't want to spend money on a coach, think about the money that you're going to be spending on your doctor bills when you're 75, because you didn't want to spend a little bit of money in your younger years to learn something like the things that coaches teach us, all they do is accelerate our, our win, right? They're just Mm -hmm. getting us to the end faster. Mm -hmm. They're helping us see things that we can't see. They're helping us navigate what they've already navigated with probably tons of other people. And even if they only navigated themselves, that's still one more person than you. Mm. So I don't, and I, but I have that, that mindset that I always want to have a coach. I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to have a coach. I don't either. (laughs) I mean, even coaches have coaches. Like, (laughs) so, I mean, that's the beautiful thing because now you're not doing it alone. You have someone to share your insecurities or your imposters with like, Mm-hmm. If some, if you can, if, don't you think that there's so much to be said, even if you just have a friend that you can call and say the craziest thing to, and then they say, oh my gosh, I felt that too. Or even like earlier when I said that I have these crazy voices in my head that don't say nice things all the time, or that I'm not this, or I'm not that. Like you were like, what? You have that too? Everybody has it, but nobody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so find, find your tribe and like, don't let them go. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, you know, we all have that need to be seen. And so when we share our stories, we share insecurities and it's like a part of you is seen because it's like that, that is also what I experienced. And this person is saying they do it too. So, and being seen is truly like the greatest gift for all humans, just really being seen for who we are. Yeah. Um, okay, last question. So we covered the mindset thing. What about like, if there's one action people could take to start transforming their health and their body, what would you say is like one simple doable action they could start consistently um, practicing? I mean, this sounds really cheesy, but I kind of want to say water first, right? Um, the way that you... So confidence and discipline, I believe, are are both muscles almost, right? Confidence is a muscle, I think. And, and, the, and how it works is when you make a promise to yourself and you keep it, your confidence grows. You don't go confident. Like I didn't get confidence because I got to be a, like the title of a pro. My confidence grew because of all the little things I had to do daily to get there. That's where the confidence came from was the little, the little promises that I kept to myself every single day. So if it's something like anytime you should on yourself or you make a promise to do something and you don't do it, then that takes your power away. Mm. Right. Because you knew you could have done it. You should have done it. You should on yourself and you didn't. So then you feel even worse than had you not said you would do it anyway and not done it. So I think if I could say anything, start with something really simple, a promise to yourself where maybe the first thing you do as soon as you wake up is drink a glass of water. I'm not asking you to get up earlier. I'm not asking you to do anything else, but drink a glass of water while your coffee is brewing or your tea is being prepped. Just drink a glass of water. And that little promise when kept will give you the confidence to start another promise. And another promise and another promise. And then you will be a whole different person at the end of the year. Yeah, love that. It's like the simple daily small things that that really matter and that compound over time. Well, yeah, because the reality is, is it's the little things that are easy to do 
that are just as easy not to do. So we don't do them. Mm. But it's, it's, it's like when I started bodybuilding, I started out with five minutes of cardio on day one, five minutes of cardio for the whole first week. Anybody can do five minutes of cardio. Is anybody doing it? Am I doing it now? No. <laughs> and then the next week it was eight minutes. And then like the next week it was 10 minutes and it was just like a slow build, but it was the little things that I did every day that got me there. Mm. It wasn't like I just did it. And then the next day I was on stage. That's impossible. Yeah. So just yeah. start with one thing. It's the little things we do every day. Water first. Yes. <laughs> um, where can people find you if they want to follow your journey or get in touch with you and ask you questions? Yeah, I'm on social media, Christine Dunn, and it's Christine with a K. Um, Instagram is get it done. My last name is spelled D-U-N-N. Get it done, Christine with a K. Uh, you can email me. That would be awesome. Get it done, Christine at gmail.com. Perfect. And I will link those in the show notes so you guys can go follow Christine. She shares her journey. She's incredibly inspiring and empowering um, and definitely a woman that you want to go follow and really just like be in the energy field of. Thank you. So thank you for joining us and for gifting your energy and your wisdom and your knowledge and your passion. And I, gosh, it's like I, the women that I have on here, I just want to like keep talking because there's so much that you have in you that I want to just like pull out and let everybody yeah. hear so they can learn from <laughs> you. But um, maybe we'll do another one in the future. But thank you sure. again for your time. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And we will see you for next week's episode.